Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Outspoken with White and Jordan. 100% engagement. It's a total disrespect. Download, stand well back, listen. Jim White and Simon Jordan. I don't see that view. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. Today, myself and Simon reacted to Liverpool's win in the first leg of their League Cup semi-final last night. And we speak to Asim Rafiq and Colin Graves for the very latest in the Yorkshire Cricket Club racism saga. With Graves set to return to the club, will sorry be enough for his past comments comparing racism to banter? Now, Liverpool take a slender 2-1 lead against Fulham into the Carabao Cup semi-final second leg. Begs one or two questions, uh, Simon. Klopp spoke post-match. Of course he did. So did Marco Silva. We had to speak early in the season about setbacks and, um, and, and turnarounds and these kind of things. You cannot plan these things, but they happened. So it's true. There might be a day, I hope it will be somewhere in 2028 20, or whatever, when we don't turn a game around. But of course, in the belief in these moments, we are 1-0 down. Nobody sat in the dressing room half-time and thought, game over. That's the truth. But it was clear, if we keep playing like we played, then it's game over. Then we need more luck than you usually have. Um, but if we can force a little bit with a better with a better football, then we have still a chance, and that's what we did. That are the moments that we have to to keep the composure, the organisation, to be tactical point of view, to be smart and to to be mature in, on the pitch, to be mature. And we um, unfortunately not the first time that happened with us this season, and we have to to grow really in that type of moments against this type of sides, moment that. They completely, uh, they had a boost in that moment. They scored a, a really lucky goal in that moment. The boost was there for them. And we have to be, to manage the game in a different way, to be smarter, uh, um, tactical point of view, because we cannot concede a goal in a fast attack. Uh, but we, we keep the belief that we can change the result and you can go for it at home. The, the two semi-final ties, Simon, in terms of approaching the second legs, very much alive. Middlesbrough, Chelsea, and of course, uh, Liverpool and Fulham. Fulham still in there fighting, of course they are. <laughs> but on Liverpool, if they come through this period of no Mo Salah, no Trent Alexander-Arnold, unscathed, do you think they could be on for the most special season yet under Klopp? Possibly. I mean, I think that that will also be determined by the performances of others. Um, if Manchester City don't hit their straps, which I have no indication that they won't, then it can be an opportunity for Liverpool to be doing something quite significant. Obviously, the Champions League isn't in that mix, so that's not available to them. Oh, it is, isn't it? Of course they are. No, they're in the Europa League, aren't they? Yeah, the Europa no, League. Europa League, yeah, yeah, of course. So that's not available to them. Yeah. But look, this, this Liverpool side, as has been described by the Liverpool acolytes, Sunis and Danny Murphy, has so much about it and has so much goal power in it. Yeah. Um, and so whilst Salah will be a loss to them, they have the ability to be able to overcome 
a loss by giving other players in the same way that people suggested that once Harry Kane stepped out the door at Tottenham Hotspur, that was game up and game over. Um, Liverpool have the ability to overcome sides like Fulham simply because they're a better team. And at this moment in time, they're in an irresistible uh, um, vein of form and they believe they can beat anybody. And that's the first start point in any conversation, in any sport or any business. And they've got a manager (coughs) that is, to me, I think... Um, the best manager, if not close to it, in world football. I know that the statistics will tell you that Guardiola is. I know wow. that. What better than Pep? Well, if he had the same resources as Pep, I think he might have achieved the same things. Now, the argument will be, what style of football do you like to watch? I like to watch Liverpool style of football more than I like to watch Manchester City's. And no, Manchester City fans, it's not because I have an agenda against your football club. I just like a more feral, dynamic brand of football rather than this you know, overwhelming destruction of other sides by passing them to almost near standstill. And, 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 the, and the nature of Man City's football, whilst beautiful in the eye isn't quite as exciting as a dynamic explosion Liverpool of, 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 you know, often yeah. produce. And that's, yeah. just, and that's just a personal choice. So I think Klopp is a, is a brilliant manager. I think he's now back in the groove and back in most press conferences saying things that are sensible uh, and not constantly indulging himself in what they do and don't have yeah. and how unfortunate it is for them. Mm. And I think he's an outstanding manager. I mean, it's often said that Ferguson, one of his many qualities was how he could reinvent the Manchester United side <clears throat> uh, after a, a, a bout of rebuilding. Yeah. Um, the greatest managers, I think, are measured by their ability to do that, are they not? And Jürgen can do that. I mean, I'd never heard of Conor Bradley, and he comes. Uh, Kelleher, the goalkeeper, I knew he'd got a run out around this time. Gravenberch, I'd never heard of him, and he comes, and he catches Alexis McAllister, we knew about, yeah. but he takes him from Brighton, slots him into his setup. Sure. Rebuild, rebuild, rebuild. I mean, that's, I mean, again, it's it's a metric. It's one of the metrics. Yeah. But we're not talking about rebuilding from scratch. You know, in days gone past, you know, Liverpool took Mark Lawrenson from Brighton. It's not an unfamiliar territory to take club players from lesser clubs and put them into a space where they can play with better players and enhance their own abilities. I think that it's quite <clears throat> it's quite a, a, a decent thing to be able to achieve, obviously, but it's it's not... If Liverpool, Liverpool, when we talk about rebuilding Man United, they had the embarrassment of riches of the economic power to be able to do precisely what they wanted for most of the, uh, the, most of the noughties and the late 90s. Yeah, yeah. Liverpool's is slightly different. Whilst they have an economic precedence over other football clubs, they don't have quite the resources that Manchester United have, Manchester City have. They, more often than not, have to sell to balance their books, to be able to get the income, to be able to generate the returns that they need to have to buy the players that they want. So I think there's an element of difference about this thought process about what Ferguson did. When Ferguson decided Yapstan was gone, or David Beckham was gone, or someone had stepped or run past their sell by date, or he needed to get rid of Paul McGrath or Norman White at the beginning, all these other players, it's because he had the ability to be able to flex and build from the basis of having enormous financial resources. Mm. Now, Liverpool are no slobs. No. They they're not chopped liver as far as finances are concerned. But I think that what he's done is he's, he's addressed the problem that everyone knew that was coming or saw that was coming, except soonest last year, which was... <laughs> The loss of certain players in the middle of the park yeah. created a lack of energy in Liverpool that they didn't replace for a period of time. And now he's got the balance back right. Sure. And, and, he's this got, was and he's got firepower. This was Liverpool were fifth last season. And now we're talking about them potentially having their best season yeah. ever. But this, there's also this analysis and that gets trotted out with with Klopp about this rock and roll football, this heavy metal football that saw itself... So almost uh, um, implode at Dortmund, where teams run out of energy and they have to replenish and refresh. And because there is a, a level of intensity that Klopp 
demands and expects from his players in the manner in which he plays, it does mean that he's got to think very strategically about when players are coming to the end of their cycles and being able to recycle them yeah. to be able to build a great side. And you see these... You know, they didn't defend their title very well, did they? When they won their title, they defended it poorly. That's right. Um, and, in, and then they had a great season two years ago where they looked like they were going for everything. And then this last season gone past, they had a drop-off again. Now, you, you can look at that and you can say it's a coincidence or you can say it's a necessity of Klopp having to think about what he's doing. And then who am I to tell Klopp? He knows what he's doing. Um, but I, I, I think that it's one of the component parts. It's not the only part. It's a component part of what makes a great manager is the ability to rebuild. But when we talk about rebuild, you know, it's not a decaying building that's fallen to the floor. No, no, no. These no. are buildings the that are pretty solid. Are there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, absolutely right. Download, stand well back, listen. Outspoken with White and Jordan from the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. The other day, Simon, we had the main protagonists on air with us regarding the latest episode in the sorry tale of Yorkshire County Cricket Club. We heard from the man who hopes to take the reins of Yorkshire County Cricket Club, the former chairman, Colin Graves. And we also heard from former cricketer turned whistleblower, Asim Rafiq. Now we know where we're at this morning because Yorkshire's board of directors has unanimously accepted former chairman Colin Graves' takeover offer for the cash-strapped club. Uh, sources uh, understand that board members supported uh, Graves' proposal. A special general meeting will now be called for it to go to club members for approval. Graves is also expected to apologise for likening discriminatory language to banter. Asim Rafiq joins us live on the show this morning. Asim, good morning. Morning, Jim. Asim, thank you very much indeed for joining me. Asim, let's get into it. Colin Greaves will issue an apology for past discrimination uh, at the cricket club uh, and admit that he should have not compared racism to banter when his takeover of the club is put to members. Is sorry going to be enough for you? I think the difficult thing uh, is, Jim, um, obviously, as I said to you on the show the other day, I'd seen the statement that had been prepared. Um, but uh, simultaneously, what he thinks or what uh, the real uh, thought process is come out in the local paper, you know, has been a mouthpiece throughout. So I think it's difficult, um, you know, it's difficult to just take so just the word, especially because over the last three years, there's been a lot of sorries and a lot of apologies. Uh, and then we end up in the same place. And, you know, quite frankly, we've ended up, it's an absolute circus. Um, and yeah, uh, for me personally, I think there's got to be bigger commitments than just a sorry. Uh, Simon, I think that what I seem when others would like to see is that if Graves is back in there, yeah. they would like to see the same Colin Graves bring about a new culture at Yorkshire County Cricket Club. And, th and that's not unreasonable. Do you think he's capable of doing that? But I think needs must will, will, will orchestrate that because the only way Yorkshire County Cricket Club, and the reasons why Colin Graves is the only person in the seat is because the business owes him £14 million. And unless someone is prepared to address that, it was never going to be an, e an easy issue for anyone else to overcome. And whatever adverse publicity goes into a newspaper doesn't stop someone from buying a, a, a sports business. There's ad there was adverse publicity when I was buying Crystal Palace. I didn't stop me from buying it because that's just background noise. The real reason why Colin Graves may well still be in situ is because he's bankrolled Yorkshire County Cricket Club and there's a £14 million debt there. Now, going on to the bigger concern, because we wanted apologies, as Ian wanted apologies the other day and compared himself to someone that was prepared to apologise. If an apology is now forthcoming, the next argument, as Ian will probably advance, is about the timing of the apology, right? So this argument is never going to be squared. But I would imagine, even if there is a doubt about 
the integrity of Colin Graves' determination to overcome the mistakes and the mischaracterizations he's made in the past and learn the lessons that all of us are capable of learning, whether you're 75 or not, if he wants Yorkshire Cricket Club to survive economically, he's going to have to have test cricket. And if, he's not, and, and if they make one single misstep or one single um, uh, inability to be able to deal with the issues and the challenges that have been brought up, then they're going to be in a dev- difficult position again. So I would imagine that even if there's a belief that Colin Graves, who we've already discussed, that Azim doesn't think is a racist, but ha- thinks he's presided over an institutionally racist environment, I dispute that. I would suggest that systemic failures don't necessarily make it institutionally racist, but that we might be splitting hairs there. But I think the main thing that's going to come out of this is that they won't be able to not operate properly. They won't be able to not have proper communication channels, to not have proper disciplinary codes, not to have proper reporting mechanisms, to not to have proper policies, to not to have proper outlooks and dispositions towards the challenges that have been brought forward by this. In the same way that other parts of the industry, including the Cricketers' Union, who failed in their responsibilities towards players, and in this instance, Azim and his reporting of the challenges that he's had. So I don't see the necessity for Azim to be so vitriolic about Colin Graves going back in because then we're starting to move into a personal territory and then we're starting to move into settled personal scores and I'm not entirely sure that's in the best interests of cricket or the cricket club he's once played for. Azim, what would you say? I mean, you've heard Simon there. What would you say to that? Is it time for you and others, for the sake of the longevity of Yorkshire County Cricket Club, to cut Graves a bit of slack here? Because as Simon rightly says, all eyes are on him. Yours more than most. So he didn't misstep this time. Yeah, look, uh, you know, it's. I had this question yesterday. Why don't you just move on? Um, and to be honest, it's been incredibly triggering. Um, you know, it, it's not like my sweets haven't been taken or something. It's. It took me close to taking my life. But actually, once I've spoken out, you know, I've had to leave a place that I've called home for 21 years. Uh, and I've had to pick my family and, you know, move them and something I struggle with and the health implications that's had on certain my family members. So, you know, the thing of just move on um, is, I, I, you know, it's, it's very difficult. You know, I'm not going to lie. The last few days, it, it's been uh, challenging in terms of, you know, whether there will be missteps. There's been the highest of scrutiny over the last three years across the game. And this is, in a way, Colin Graves is an easy target for a lot of people. It's not just Colin Graves. You know, this is the game of cricket and there's been high scrutiny. And I can tell you there's been NDAs left, right, centre, up and down the country, you know, through the year, whether it be, the, you know, ECB, Professional Cricketers Association, Yorkshire County Cricket Club or other counties. Do, do you think Graves can change the culture? I know we've spoken about this before. He's going to have to, surely. That's going to be high on his priority list. It's it's going to be actions are going to prove louder than As words. As in you were, able to change, gonna, you were able to change, your, gonna, you were able to change your views, weren't you? Well, I Once you were confronted with your views, you were able to change your views, weren't you? Well, I apologise, and then with actions, I... with sure. actions. so you were able to change actions, your views, but with, you're, with you're actions, suggesting that Colin I, Graves, well, because of newspaper reporting, and whether, whether you move on is entirely a matter for you, and, and that's yeah. up to you, and no one should suggest you move on unless you want to. Um, and we all have challenges in our lives, and we all have to decide whether we're going to move on or we're going to look at them through a different set of eyes. Now, in the instance of Yorkshire Cricket Club, I'm pretty sure that you don't want to see the complete and utter collapse. You doubt the veracity of the reporting that financially it's in significant jeopardy. You doubt that other people have a fair opportunity to be able to buy this cricket club. Um, I would imagine if Colin Graves got an opportunity to have his 14 million quid back, he would probably jump at it. So I don't know whether that's true or not. But what I would say is that 
there is an opportunity for people... Everyone lives in a redemptive society. And these terminologies that get thrown around, because some of you sportsmen, and I've had sportsmen with due respect, say things inside dressing rooms that's inappropriate language, and you've done it yourself and others have done it, and it gets extrapolated up, and people take notice of it. You shout racism in society, Azim, people jump. The media jump, uh, politicians jump, and businesses find themselves in very invidious positions. So your assertion that there is an innate ability for that to be significantly ignored going forward, I think is about you not looking at it pragmatically, and you attributing all the blame for all the experiences that you had, good and bad. Yeah, but it's not just Asim's assertion, it's Asim's experience. Sure, Uh, and and an experience that Asim participated in himself and I don't want come to in, come in on. this Asim come in on it I think, I think, I think yeah I want to deal with that because I think you know obviously uh, my mistake that I made uh, I'm the only one throughout this whole stuff that every point has fronted up and you know you because you got confronted with it minute, oh, come on Asim minute, I'm not going to allow minute, you to get away minute, with that you got confronted minute, with it and you minute, had a PR team behind minute, you that was spinning you up minute, to be the poster the boy speak, of equality the minute let, I speak, let him speak the minute I speak, whether it's on social media or anywhere, that's what's... And, you know, I made a mistake. I apologise. And my actions, hopefully, you know, will show that I am sorry. We've not had any of that from the other side. Well, you're about to have no. it, aren't you? And, and Azim, with respect, yeah, and I'm not looking to persecute you, the fact of the matter is you only apologise when you got confronted with it. And the reasons why you apologise is because you had a PR team that were pushing you forward as the poster boy for anti-discrimination. So let's have it right. And yes, you did apologise. And I'm sure you've well, redeemed yourself. And I'm sure you'll give other people Simon. the same opportunity to do that as well. That's, that's, your, that's your view. Um, you okay. know, I know what you've out. You've, you know, you've been Ill- ill-informed throughout the whole thing. And, I've watched, you know, I've watched your journey. Yeah. And I've watched your social media activity. Asim, it strikes me, and this might sound pie in the sky, so tell us where your head is with it. What if you get a call from Graves saying you can be part of this cricket club moving forward? Would you accept it? Yeah, I mean, look, I've always uh, sat down and had conversations with anyone that's willing to have a conversation, um, you know, and uh, it would be no different in this situation. For me, I, you know, it's for the last eight months, I, I left the country. I've moved away you know, from it. I've tried to rebuild my life. I've continued to be attacked behind the scenes, but I've, I've not brought it up. You know, it's not been brought up, but it's only when, you know, in the last few weeks this has happened um, that I've, you know, because no one else, you know, you talk about there's a lot of scrutiny. Actually, it's been pushed to the corners because, you know, there's a lot going on in the world. I mean, we're we're running on a bit, but I just wanted to make that clear to all the listeners and all the viewers on YouTube and Facebook. If you got the call, Asim, this would be your chance to come back to where you, you love living. And you, strange as it sounds, alongside Graves could help implement the change. Look, I'd be willing to have the conversation around what uh, commitments look like uh, in terms of my personal involvement. That's not something, uh, you know, um, I'm sure about at this stage. But uh, in terms of, you know, if there were some commitments made to actually, you know, right the wrongs, uh, I would be absolutely happy to sit down with anyone that wants to. The world's most dangerous download. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. 
Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Many, many texts and tweets and messages following uh, our live interview there with former Yorkshire County cricketer, uh, turned whistleblower Asim Rafiq, who now no longer resides and plays cricket here in uh, England. He has moved overseas and is getting on with his life. But from distance, of course, has been watching the developments that we've been watching over the past uh, few days. Because uh, Colin Graves, the man who was chairman of Yorkshire County Cricket Club, uh, and of course, uh, who presided over a club when it went into a spiral of uh, controversy regarding uh, the racism case. Uh, Colin Graves on the brink of returning. Of course, his bid, the only bid in town, nobody else's bid big money to get back and save Yorkshire County Cricket Club. Well, Colin Graves has, to his credit. But now it's expected that Graves will issue an apology for past discrimination at Yorkshire, but admit that he could not, and should admit, that he should not have compared racism to banter when his takeover of the club is put to members. Surely, Simon, you would think, you've heard from Asim Rafiq there, but on Colin Graves more specifically, Surely that is a straightforward set of circumstances for him to go in there and say, I should never have called it banter, and I was wrong, and let's move on. We've all learned a lot in this painful, painful process. Let's move on. But having been an owner of a sportsman, of a sports club, Mm. I I know that things are said in dress rooms that are inappropriate. I know that people make what they think is fun and the terminology banter, which is now weaponized, and that terminology is now used to castigate people and suggest that you don't understand the implications of it. But when you've got somebody that's now being confronted with the very person, I'm not interested in bashing as in Rafiq, but it makes it very difficult for me to adopt the same level of credibility towards him when he is guilty of the same things that other people that he's accused others of. In any other walk of life, Jim, that would be evidence that would be discredited. Let's find out where we are. In this whole process, the other morning, uh, much to his credit, Colin Graves uh, came on and uh, gave us a brief, a brief few words as to where he was at regarding uh, his uh, his big money bid to save the club. Now, it looks as though he has done just that. So we've heard from Asim Rafiq live. Let's hear from Colin Graves. Colin, good morning. Good morning, Jim. How are you? Very well, thank you. So, Colin, thank you for joining us again live with Asim uh, Rafikon just moments ago. And uh, we were throwing around where we think the, the whole process is at. Now, this is being dubbed a takeover by you, this big money move to get back into uh, the, the cricket club itself. 
You don't like the word takeover in this instance, do you? Uh, well, it, it's it's a wrong description, to be honest, Jim, because it is not a takeover. I am not buying Yorkshire County Cricket Club. What I have done is I have uh, put money in to fund the club going forward and to save the club from going into receivership liquidation. So from that point of view, it is not a takeover. So it's, it's more the, the money on offer and the money, as we understand it, uh, that has been accepted is for a restructuring of uh, the County Cricket Club in order for it to survive, Colin. You've hit the nail on the head there. It's a refinancing so we can restructure the club financially to get it in a stable position going forward and to continue. Simon is sitting with me. Let's get into the nub of this. Um, it's been reported that you're at some stage in the forthcoming days will issue an apology for past discrimination at the County Cricket Club when you compared racism to banter. Colin, this is key. Are you going to issue that apology? I think you will find that will that statement from me will be out before 12 o'clock today. So we'll watch for that statement. Amongst other things, Asim Rafiq entertained the idea, entertained the notion that he could come back to England and to Yorkshire and work with you. What do you say to that, Colin? At the end of the day, Jim, uh, I've got a very open mind. Everything will be open going forward and we will look at every opportunity going forward. And I want Yorkshire to be inclusive for everybody from wherever they come from. And as I say, I'm open to everything. There is no closed doors. There is no red lines. Uh, I'm starting again with a blank sheet of paper. Colin, what do you make, I mean, as a former sports club owner myself that was in a multi-ethnic environment in South London, there were lines that you have to walk and balances you have to strike. But what do you make of the observation that's made about your county cricket club and you, and you specifically presiding over a business that's institutionally racist? What do, you, what do you make to that? Well, to be honest, Simon, I don't want to go into that at this point in time. I will answer all those questions as and when the EGM is finally sorted out. At the present time, everything now is up in the air waiting for the EGM. So I'd rather go into those kind of things when and if the, the vote goes through for the EGM because I'll be in a better place to do it and I'll answer those questions. Do you, do you, do you think, OK, all right, well, that would be a key question for someone to ask you by having you on because that's the allegation that's been made about you. And I've often been very a, a big defender of your position to try and establish both sides of the conversation because you know as well as I do, the moment something of this nature is alleged, there is a rush to judgment and often that judgment is already predetermined. Do you, do you accept then, Colin, that there needs to be some changes and that you need to enhance and advance whatever influence you have? You have a 40, Am I correct? You have a £14 million debt in this business, so some of the restructuring will protect that asset as well. Well, it's protecting the debt, it's protecting the club, it's protecting the future of Headingley Cricket Ground, it's protecting a lot of things. It's protecting you know, Yorkshire cricket. So from that point of view, um, you know, and as I say, when my statement comes out today, you will see a lot of the things which I hopefully will put right of things which may have been said wrong or put across wrong. Obviously, a key component of the economic opportunity for some sort of stabilisation of Yorkshire County cricket will be test cricket. Do you expect to find yourselves under additional scrutiny from those that will award that sort of stuff to you, given the fact that you've gone through this period of time where significant allegations have been made about the failings of Yorkshire Cricket Club? Yeah, I'm sure Yorkshire will be under scrutiny. I think it's been under scrutiny for the last two years anyway, and I don't expect that to get less. And that, to be honest, that doesn't, doesn't bother me. We should be under scrutiny to make sure we do things properly and we adhere to everything that we've agreed to do going forward. And I want to enhance that. I don't want to take anything away. I want to en enhance everything that Yorkshire has done 
uh, regarding EDI. Welcome to the Coliseum of Confrontation. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. Please leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. We'll be back each weekday to bring you the best of the show.